Greetings and salutations to our fine, fine, fine podcast audience. Wow, they got three fine. fine. Triple fine. That's right, buddy. We are on episode 108, and if you're new around here, my name's Jason. This is Ed. This is Nathan. We are part of the teaching team here at Community Christian, and we get together every week, have halfway interesting conversations. We before hope. we start recording. Before yeah. we record. All the good stuff yes. all, the, all the good stuff yes. happens on the other side. Yes. And we, we, we have these conversations for one purpose. We want to help you guys think more Jesus-centered about your life, about your world, about the people in your world. And we do that usually by answering questions. And we have some today. So we're going to get to those in just a minute. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, uh -oh. th this this podcast that we're filming right now is is dropping on 2-22-22. Do you think the world's going to end today? Why would that be the, why would that be the thing that happens? Because it always happens on some weird day. The it, world ends? It doesn't always happen, Jason. It <laughs> hasn't ever The happened. world ends on... <laughs> what do you mean it always happens? I, well, he's not wrong. The world will end on some day. <laughs> it will be a day. You know that somebody has predicted... I just predicted. want to say, we probably should start over, because it doesn't always happen. I, and you I know you're know. sad you said that. You know <laughs> that somebody has predicted that something significant oh, yeah, sure. is happening okay, on 222 Oh, I know. That's yeah. what like I Like mean. I said to you, there are a bunch of people going to get married. That's what's going to happen. A lot of people are going to get married. because they today? No. Yeah. Because they predict well, the end of the world. Yeah. I, why would I do that? I don't know. I'm just saying. I just know a lot of, kind of stuff. A lot of folks are into the numbers on the dates. Oh, yeah. Have you noticed? You know who was into the numerology like that? Uh-huh. Elvis Presley. Oh, was he? He was. It didn't work out. Didn't work out good for him, did it? <laughs> was that related? He was, to, I just think about people who are into numerology, you know, okay. and all that kind of stuff. Elvis Presley. Okay. He also invented a sandwich of us like a fried peanut butter and jelly peanut sandwich. Peanut butter and banana sandwiches, too. But yeah. yeah. Last thing we know he said was to his fiance, I can't go to sleep. I'm going to the bathroom. How do because you know that? Because today is 2222. That's, that's what she said. That's what she re reported. He said, that I, is, yeah. I can't sleep. I'm going to the bathroom. And then he died in the bathroom. And yeah, on, sitting on the toilet, I think. How yeah, did so we end up here? <laughs> That's what's going to happen at two twenty-two twenty-two. Someone will die on the bathroom. But he goes on the commode. Don't, don't now, now we're now I feel like we're getting into speaking things into existence. Don't put that evil on anybody. Stop making predictions, Ian. That's right. You asked me to predict! You did ask me to predict. <laughs> well, that's not all that he asked. He also said the world ends all the time and begins all again. The time and Jason it, world. You just didn't know it. That's true. So here we are. All right. That probably that probably is. All right, I feel case. like that's a whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that is probably We're done. Probably yeah. We're done. The people who answered this asked us these questions. <laughs> they right? don't even know which ones will we're they, not answering. Will they ever shut up? It's in the title, so they kind of know. Oh, it's coming. they do know. They do know it's coming. So, but yeah, we got um, we get questions all the time. But today, I took two questions that we got at two separate times. I put them together. It's a mashup, mashup of questions because I felt like uh, these two questions kind of hinted at the same topic, and I thought it would be a good conversation for us to have uh, because it it is a really common question that people ask about the heart of this conversation. These questions are a little specific, but they do get at the heart of an issue that Christians have to deal with a lot. Sure. And so that's what we're going to deal with today. So I'm going to read the questions, and, and I think you'll see why I grouped them together. So here's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the first person asks us, uh, why do animals suffer? They are unable to commit sin. That's their whole question. Why do animals suffer? They're unable to commit sin. So the second question, which I thought was tangential to it, uh, says, if God is the giver of life, 
Why are babies born to parents who won't take care of them or love them? In other words, why do babies die? And I think what we're getting at, what both of these questions get at, is the issue of evil and suffering in the world and why it exists and how do Christians sort of respond to that. So let's have a talk about that. Um, and I wanted to point out, I think, at least the first question about animals, but I, I think sort of both of them kind of imply this. But the first one certainly does because you said it in the question, whoever wrote this into us. Um, you're kind of a, the assumption behind that question is that suffering is a result of sin. And sounds like personal sin. Yes. That right. the only people that we can tell who, who has sinned mm -hmm. by how much they suffer. Yeah. And, I, and so I thought it'd be interesting for us, or important for us to go ahead and speak directly to that, thinking of it in a Jesus-centered sort of way. Jesus does address that issue yeah, very plainly in John chapter 9. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, we are going to talk about that in this series, and I don't remember the date on that. Maybe we already have. I don't think so. Maybe 22, 22, 22, 22. Okay. <laughs> but we are. We're going to talk about that. We're going to wait till 33333. Yes. All right. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be a... Well, there, there's not going to be a 333. There is a March 33rd. There might be in 33. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get back to the topic. I also want to comment... Comment on what? About the animals being unable to commit sin. Oh. I've known some shifty cats. <laughs> I'm just going to say... In fact, we had a cat named Shifty. <laughs> you got it. I'm just going to say, yeah, it's a wild assumption you've made about animals not being able to commit sin. Wow, there's are way off track. I feel cats. bad. Get us back, Jason. Because it's a serious question. Or, uh, it is a serious, it is a serious question. question. Well, I think, so you talk about John 9. Jesus, there's also, so there's really, there's a few occasions where Jesus addresses that people don't suffer because of their sin. One is in John 9. That's, right. That's the man born blind. Man born blind. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the disciples in can't come across this man and um, they say, you know, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind, which shows the level of compassion that the disciples have because the man's not deaf, he's blind. <laughs> he so is. he can clear, I mean, clearly the man's listening to them have this conversation, but Jesus makes clear it's not, it has nothing to do with who sinned. It basically says wrong question. Right. You can't get a right answer when you ask a wrong question. And then there's another place where Jesus is talking um, and he, he references one, a time where... Uh, um, Pilate ends up, uh, who's the governor, the Roman governor, ends up slaughtering a group of people uh, in the temple while they're giving their sacrifices. And there's a third time where a tower, right, a tower falls. falls on and Jesus people. says, "Were those people worse sinners? Is that why that happened?" And he's like, "Clearly, no." So the the answer, as far as the part about animals being unable to commit sin, barring all the shifty cats. The answer is is that it's not sin that it's not personal sin that causes uh, suffering. Sin sin is a corrupting force mm. that corrupts and destroys everything that God has with uh, good intentions. Every good gift God gives us, everything from interpersonal relationships to uh, to my own character, right? Mm -hmm. My integrity, who I am, my ability to make good and godly decisions, but also just the entirety of the goodness of creation, right? In so. fact, reminds me of a classic book that I probably maybe all three of us have read. I read it way back in Bible college when I was a young young boy. Um, Harry Potter way and back the Sorcerer's Stone. But one, 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 one. Yeah, way back <laughs> But there's a book that's written about... In 2011 was when Jason was in college. <laughs> I, I mean, good for you, Jason. You're looking young. You're looking young. Right. But 
what I was trying to say was there's a book that was it's kind of a classic now in Christian circles about the issue of sin and the title of that book kind of illustrates what you're saying it's called not the way it's supposed to be Uh and that is what sin is and a lot of us think of it like you said in terms of just personal sin and what I do wrong but you're right sin is something that is a reality in this world that we live in and it is simply the opposite or not what God fully intended and so when all of these things that we see as we say as a as a result of sin they are just simply consequences of living in a world where it's not the way God intended. Which I think we should answer. So mm-hmm. why do animals suffer, babies die, that kind of thing? And the question sort of made it sound like personal sin was the deal. We should say sin is the cause of right. both of yes. these things, right. but not the person's sin or the animal's sin, but the fact that sin entered the world and it began to destroy all of creation. That yeah. There is an evil force at work in the world that works against everything that God has as good. And it's interesting to me, you know, people will often ask, you said, the problem of evil that Christians have to deal with. The truth is, no matter what your philosophy, even if you're an atheist, yeah. you have to deal with the fact right. that there's evil in the world. And the interesting thing to me is in our culture is people talk about good and the goodness of people. But if you bring up evil... Mm. People don't even want to talk about evil like it's a real thing. We'll talk about the reason they did that. They must have some kind of mental illness or something must have happened to them. Mm-hmm. There is a real force of evil. Now, I know that may set me apart as odd, but Jesus oh, no. believed there was an evil yep. at work in the world. It is destroying everything, including the innocent. Mm-hmm. The it, innocent yeah. who've done nothing themselves get destroyed by this evil force mm-hmm. who loves to steal, mm-hmm. kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we often talk about that Christians have uh, the, pro- we call it the problem of evil and suffering. And, and, I, and I get why people phrase it that way, but I don't, I don't think that's exactly the right way to put it. I don't see, uh, like you said, humans just, have a problem. Yeah, it's not a Christian problem to try and I- explain suffering. In fact, we as Christians, I've often said, I said, the entire premise of the whole Christian faith and the Christian worldview is an answer to this issue. That's right. And and the other thing is, we've said this, I think all of us, three of us have said this from the stage, we, as Christians, we believe that the worst possible thing happened to the best possible person. Right. So I don't think it is something that is a surprise when we see it, or it shouldn't be a surprise to us as Christians mm-hmm. when we see it happen in the world because of of where our worldview comes from. There There is a, there, this. that's what this whole thing is. Does that I'd, make sense? I do, yeah, it does make total sense. I think the other is one of the distinctives of Christianity that Christianity does not teach that in this life people get what they deserve. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, in fact, Christians at the core of our theology is we don't get what we deserve. God doesn't deal with people according to their sin. That's one of the key things about New Testament. Once Jesus dies and you become a follower of Jesus, God is no longer dealing with you according to your sin. So I don't get blessed because I'm better than other people, and I don't get cursed if I do worse than other people. That's not the way that God's interacting with us. Now, there are natural consequences, as Nathan already talked yes. about. When I do things against the way Jesus said the world worked, there are consequences that kick in in my life and my relationships and all those kind of things. But it's not always a one-to-one correlation. Mm-hmm. No. You know, sometimes, yeah, it's why we see some people that are living life that we think, wow, I wish something would happen to them so that they would stop that. and. They're doing just fine. Right. And then we see people who we don't think deserve 
what they're getting, and they are suffering. Some of the m biggest liars, most corrupt people in our world lead the world. Yes. <laughs> That's just true. And well, everybody and knows that. No matter how you it. vote, I'm not saying that again. I'm just saying mm -hmm. the biggest, most corrupt, unjust, unlying, the, the most of us wouldn't want to be personal friends with them. Mm. They wind up at the top of the heap here. Nobody thinks they got what they deserve. Well, we kind of accept it. I mean, I think even so, if you take politics, we, we kind of we kind of work it into the way that we talk about it. Is we all realize uh, you're going to have to vote for an imperfect candidate, right? So we all kind of get that. But what we kind of assume is everyone's lying to you, right? I even think even I think when you vote for a person, you assume they they're not going to keep all their promises. Right. I think most people. I get very kind of you're, you're true believer. I'm fully in on this thing. But we all kind of accept they're not going to keep all of them. But my hope is, my hope is if you make enough promises, you'll kind of sway my direction, and that's the way it's going to work. And I think that gets to the way when you talk about the problem of evil, and this is a this is a human problem, I think it's one of the problems with a without taking God into account. If I try this in an atheistic worldview or a fully humanistic worldview. Uh, the problem actually becomes worse because uh, you would assume, and this is where many people live, and I would say in Western culture, American culture, Western European culture, we kind of believe there's a way that the world's just going to improve till all these problems go away. I call it the Star Trek myth because Star Trek, that's the world. that, that They're going to get to a place where there is no more war. They don't even have money anymore because poverty is solved. People just work for the sake of work and that they never need. It's very much a kingdom of God, yeah. right? Yeah, there are no more tears. There's no more hunger. There's no more poverty. And, and this is, and they will make this clear in Star Trek, it's because we got rid of religion. It's because we, and humans took the thing. But see, here's the problem we know is, uh, there was there was there have been several books, but one book in particular came out of maybe 20 years ago that really pointed out on every metric that you can kind of measure as far as like poverty, hunger, world hunger, starvation. The world is getting better on these big metrics, right? Well, there's been a big pushback against that recently, which I think is a fairly good pushback, which is on other metrics: anxiety, depression. Mm -hmm loneliness, human meaningness, we are shooting down. And if you look at cultures like we talk about in Haiti, where on the kind of physical poverty things, they're lower, their meaning, loneliness, all those are, you know, much different, are much better. And what the problem is, and this is where it gets to it is, is that it seems like human beings as a culture, as a people, on their own cannot solve both parts of the equation. That's right. That there are social problems, right? There is this, it's, and then there are personal meaning, those kind of things. And both, both are critical to a good life. It is important that we deal with problems of poverty and, and crime and things of this nature, but it's also important that we live with meaning and, and joy and peace. And it's almost like, and this is where we talk, when we talk about it, this is the narrative of the Bible. We are not just broken at a personal level. We, the cosmos itself is torn at the very fabric of the way things are, that everything in this world is broken. So when Jesus comes to die, he doesn't just die to reconcile our personal morality and make us better individual people. He comes, as 1 Corinthians says, to reconcile all things in heaven and on earth including people, including the systems, including our society, including the, the, the actual fabric of the universe itself, which seems so mystical and out there that our kind of rational brains want to push against that and make it about personal morality. There's a part of us that wants to go, mm, I just want to shrink this back down to me, 
But it's just at the very fabric, God is dealing with the problem of evil and suffering. And he did it through Jesus. And then he empowers us in our person, personal morality. Well, in the our way societies. we personally deal with it is I, we deal with it by following the same pattern of Jesus. The way I deal right. with personal evil is I give up my rights to stand outside of it. So I, I try to enter into situations where I see evil. So like, you know, I can't do anything about who gets a baby born to them. Right. And right. God has set things in motion. God is constantly giving everyone a shot. Yes. He's giving everyone a chance. And at every point, I think everybody wants that. Everybody wants everybody to have a chance to turn their life around up until the point of death. Well, sometimes people, having a baby does turn their life around. Sure. It, it flat out does. I've known it to happen yeah. to people. This happened, this life comes in the world, and they decide, I want to be better yeah. for this human that's come into the world. And they wind up finding God and turning their life around and beginning to follow him out of that deal. But that doesn't always happen. So then those of us that are following Jesus, we have to move into those situations. Yes. It often causes us, cost us personally what it wouldn't cost to become foster parents, to adopt kids. They get in those situations, get out to help people who've been in those terrible situations when they're adults to rebuild and repair their life. Didn't have anything to do with me personally, but I believe that I'm at work on the evil and suffering in the world in that. And when it does personally happen, happen to me, that I have suffering happen to me, well, then I have a community around me because Jesus gave me a community that helps me begin to deal Which with that. why he left the community here That's right. and, and gave us what he gave because he, he intended us to extend his way of life into this world to relieve the suffering well, in this world. In that same First Corinthians, Jesus reconciled everything back yep. to himself, and then he gave us the ministry, ministry of, of reconciliation, reconciliation. Yep. that it is our job to come back in. And anywhere we see something where the lingering effects of this corruption of sin, that the that you know the example that a lot of people give, I think it's a good analogy, is that what Jesus did on the cross uh, was like D-Day in World War II, right? It's this, it, this one event that kind of broke the back. The war effectively ends on D-Day, but there's still skirmishes that go on until VE Day, right? where the, the actual war comes to an end and that we're kind of living in those moments where Jesus has broken the back of sin and death. It doesn't really have the power and the sting it had before, but there are these little lingering effects like you mentioned where I go into a situation and I see these families are broken or these things, and those are lingering effects of sin. And I get to come in as a minister of reconciliation with this ministry of reconciliation of saying, what part do I play of bringing the wholeness of God, the healing of God, and I don't come in as some kind of hero because Jesus is the Savior. So I, it's not my job to save anybody. It's my job to step into the breach and just bring Jesus with me. Well, and to give myself away. You know, it's yeah. a, there's a way to come into something and I'm protecting myself all the time. Yeah. But Jesus moved into it and I, the cross is both what saves us, but it becomes our example of how right. to work on every problem. Yes, I give myself like Jesus gave himself. I really will have to enter into this person's suffering. Yes, and it's more yeah. comfortable to not. Yeah. But. And I think that that's where ultimately this question ought to lead us. And, and I know, you know, the folks who ask, ask these questions, these are 
personal why question. Yeah, there's something behind it. Yeah, and and I'm and either it's because someone has challenged you on it before. Maybe you know you're a Christian who somebody says, well, if you you know there's a good God, why this and why that? And I and I get that. And there's a there's I'm not saying there isn't a time and a place to have those conversations about the the whys and the the what we would call the apologetics of the uh, or uh, why suffering happens in the world basically, but. As a Christian, I would encourage, if assuming you are whoever asked this, I would encourage you to spend more time on the discussion that we just had of what is, what do I, how do I respond as a follower of Jesus when I see suffering? Because that really is more important than the. Because in the end, to be quite honest, I can't tell you why. Right. That's right. I, sure. I, I can't tell you why that when I dig, I can give you reasons. <laughs> I can give you things that make sense in my head of, of why they're suffering in the world. Um, but if you're someone who's in the midst of it, and, and this is important too, having all of us have been in places where we have suffered, we have experienced loss, um, we, we know in that moment it, it's, the why is not what's most important. It is the what now. And that's where the church, the body of Christ, mm -hmm. we get to play a role in that. So can I say something, and I have only learned this, so maybe everybody else has known this forever, but I've only learned this, I bet, in the last five years, in that when people ask you, in the, why does God allow such and such to happen? I used to always begin with all the reasons of just that we just went into, mm -hmm. well, sin entered the world, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm willing to share that with anyone, but I've learned, and I learned this through somebody that finally told me, you're, ask, you're, you're getting to the wrong answer. You should respond to their question saying, I'm going to answer your question, but before I answer, can you tell me why this question matters to you? Yes. And what you probably will hear, you'll hear one or two things. You'll either hear, well, I've just always wondered about it, and it's the reason I'm not a Christian, at which point there's not going to be a lot of good, much, you should give the reasons, you should do all of that, but don't be frustrated if you don't get anywhere. There's probably something behind that too that they're not ready to share with you. But mostly I've heard in the last five years when I ask that, I hear a story of personal suffering yep. and listening to the story, if I listen well and I try to enter into it with the person, the answers I give on the other side aren't near as important as the fact that I was willing to enter it with them and say, I don't really know, and I'm really sorry that happened, and I can't answer all your questions. I do know God cares for you, those kind of answers. If, yeah. if, if that's why where these questions came from, somebody asked you and you need to give an answer, I would start with that part. That's, I'm just telling you, it's changed everything for me. Well, back to set. why we have these discussions. That, what you described, Ed, is the Jesus way mm -hmm. to engage someone in suffering. It is, let me enter into that with you for just a second. Can I just sit with you in that can i be a witness to your suffering right. in in this in this moment and when you do that you're actually being more like jesus in the way that jesus taught about suffering than you are by just giving intellectual reasons right mm -hmm. so yeah well and i think you know we we kind of broadened out this scope uh, but you know the initial question wasn't even necessarily why do bad things happen it was in particular the question of you know why do why does God give uh, babies to parents who will, won't take care of them or love them? Why do, why do babies die? So maybe that's particularly yeah. 
what what you you're you're suffering through and i would say that uh in in the same vein of things i think this is a question that i mean very much is a question that is in my house uh, all the time uh and gets brought up a lot uh being that my wife and i have been foster parents for uh four years now and uh three of those years we've had uh three girls that we have now adopted and this is a conversation we have pretty frequently uh, and as the, as you guys have both said, the the why isn't really isn't the the big deal, as much as it is. Uh, I it it and maybe it's maybe it's still why, but it it really is a it really is just a cry, more than anything. Uh, because which, even if you knew the why, isn't it true that even if I could provide you with this really great answer as to why, it would not change the response. Well, yeah, and I think. And maybe maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but as you've said, there is no answer. And I think when you get to, and this is where I try to get to, in both my wife and I, we talk about this a lot. Both my, all my daughters will have questions about this. In the end, you are, the response that is an acceptable response at this point is just to lament. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's where Jesus is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Jesus, and that's what I've told them is I said, uh, you know, because this is the this is the hard part you have when you have conversations with people who are in this situation. God made you with a purpose. You were not an accident. God loves you. God chose you, right? God did this, but then that also leads to well, if God did all of those things, why didn't God change the per- you know why didn't why didn't He put me in a situation? You know what I mean? So you get in there, and what I said is, I think that when you get to this place, and we we talk about a lot the story of Lazarus. That Jesus just weeps, mm-hmm. and Jesus isn't. Jesus is weeping for all of the reasons to weep. Right? He's weeping that that Lazarus had to suffer and die. Now he knew he was going to raise Lazarus, so that's not the issue. He's he's weeping that Mary and Martha yep. had to weep. He's also weeping because that's what you do at the funeral, right? Mm-hmm. That it, for Jewish culture, there'd be this sitting shiva thing that this is the, that we're just openly we, we're going through grief together this is part of it that all of those things i think he weeps sometimes that this is just the way the, the way creation gets yeah. that this is the way it is that my too. wife and i will sometimes just sit and think not just about our girls but just about you know at one point the number that was given to me is that there are 14,000 children in foster care and you think about that number and that's heavy and just to weep that that number is the number and to sit with it and to say, this suffering, there is a way that I enter into the heart of God in that moment and I become like him because to make this purely an intellectual thing, it allows me to stand outside the suffering. It allows me to not enter into it when it purely becomes a thing. And when you talk about what the response is, I think then choosing to say, I'm going to, I'm going to draw near to you. I'm going to allow my heart to weep. Uh, and then I'm better equipped in other moments to respond to suffering. Yeah, uh, reminds me of that <clears throat> that that quote uh, Mr. Rogers said when mm-hmm. somebody asked him, you know, what do you say to kids when they see bad things happen on the TV or they see tragedies happening? He said, just tell them to go look for the helpers because that's where that's where the focus ought to be. And I would add to that and say that's where God is. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, because that you look at what's being yeah. done to alleviate suffering. And then you see the hand of God. You see the body of Christ. That is where they will always be and have always been, by the way, throughout history in the midst of suffering, in the midst of tragedy. The body of Christ will always be right center, front and center in the alleviating of that suffering. 
Yep. All right. You know, I think we've talked a lot about on the side where if you have the question and it's you personally, I don't want to go too far down to this because that's really, the majority I get is from people that are in it. But if you do have a person who's intellectually into it, at some point, you have to help the person get to, you know, because one of the questions was, why does God give it to someone he knows will not take care of the Bible? Right. So we answered a question a week we or so ago about, yep. does God know that? Right. But let's say that he, even if he does, he does. I mean, I can tell you that there aren't any parents that don't harm their children. Oh, sure. It's, right. just, yeah. it's just the degree to which we all, and I know that I'm not meaning in light of, I know what this person means is yeah. really, really, really harm. The interesting part about it for me of always on the thing of why do good bad things happen to good people and why does there evil and suffering in the world is no rarely is a person looking at themselves and saying, Why is there evil in me? Yeah. And the 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 line of the evil that's too bad for most people is right on the other side of them. That's right. It's on the other side of them. But once you become a parent, you begin to watch your kids and you go, oh, there's some things right there that I don't like about me that that kid's doing. And it's my kid. And now they're going to, now they're going to have to figure out something I didn't figure out. Yeah. They're going, I couldn't figure out why I did that. And yeah. now look at them. They're doing the same thing. Now they're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. All I can do now is pray and hope they figure it out yeah. so that our family tree doesn't become a group of people that do that forever. <laughs> Like I once, I once said that to somebody who was, we were having this conversation in a classroom somewhere, and, and uh, they said, I, you know, I just don't understand why God doesn't just you know, get rid of all the evil in the world. And I said, well, where would you like him to start? you got to yeah. draw the line somewhere. Is it just the other <laughs> and, side of you? Yeah, I said, so, you know, would you like him to start with you? Because you got some, and would I like him to start with me? Right. You know, because there's, there's ramifications to all that. So, all right, well, we're running up against our time, so we're going to wrap that up. Uh, I think we've covered it pretty much uh, as well as I think we can today. Uh, if we didn't, or if you've got more questions that uh, hinge off, I've noticed every time we drop a podcast, we tend to give a few more questions, yeah. which, is, which is perfect. Good. I mean, that, that tells me something. You guys are engaging, and, you, and we maybe bring up some stuff that we didn't touch on, and you want us to clarify. Absolutely, send us those questions. You'll find the link in the description. You can send it anonymously. Give us your name. We'll answer it either way. and do our best to try and have a good conversation. I don't think it. we've dodged a question yet. I don't think so. I don't, I don't plan, plan to. I don't plan good to job either. putting that idea in their head. I know. Now they're sitting there like, have they really? Uh, now so, we will. Yes. All right. Well, sometimes I, I, will, I will not answer a question that I, then I know we've already answered. But that's, oh, yeah, that's yeah, it. Because yeah, yeah. we've gotten, I mean, what? We're 108 of these. Right. So we've answered quite a few. But we'll keep on. All right. So you guys keep sending us questions. we got uh, another good one coming up. Actually, a question that some people around Community Christian these days have noticed that, it, that we have changed recently. Oh. And uh, they want to know why. And we're going to talk about that next week. So be here, and we'll have that discussion. See you guys.